Welcome to Casa de Confidence. For women and some cool dudes. Going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. And your sidekick, handsome hot husband, that again. I am a dreamer, a traveler, a visionary, and risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, we are supporter of people and their dreams. If you stumble into the casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, we're so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Welcome to another episode of Casa de Confidence. If you ever wanted to climb Everest, <laughs> me neither. But you know what? You can climb Mount Everest. And you don't have to be a pro. You don't have to hire a Sherpa. Julie, how a about you? A Sherpa? Yeah, when they go up Everest, you got to hire a Sherpa. Like, if you want to climb Everest, it costs thousands of, like, $20,000. Kilimanjaro is not that expensive. Well, the thing is, Everest is no joke. Okay, I'm going to check out how much, how much... Does it cost to climb Mount Everest? Apparently, anywhere between, oh my, this is not cheap. It's a lot more than 20000 now, I it's think. It's twenty eight to $120,000. Well, what the F, people? Well, it's very, you got to pay. Also, you got to get permission. You got to, <gasps> you have to basically, no. pay, you're basically paying for them to, Take your body off that mountain. I'm sorry, that was that was very morbid. How, How much so does get, it cost to climb Kilimanjaro? How much do you think Kilimanjaro is? I don't know. Probably you got to get there. Well, when I priced go. it, it was five thousand. I was going to say between five and seven. So okay, wait a minute. Two, between two and six. Oh, that's, Dan, that's actually go? pretty affordable. Hey, we can do that. I know but I'm going to do it. I don't just know about go, you. Why don't we just go oh to God. Jaffrey, New Hampshire no. and climb Mount Monadnock? You can do that in an afternoon. And you know what? If we climb it up and down, up and down enough times, we can go as far as if we're climbing Everest. No. <laughs> First of all, Dan has been obsessed with going to this mountain. And where is it? New Hampshire? It's beautiful. Dan. I just remember it from my youth. That's all. He's trying to reconnect with his youth. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. You know what? But Fine. anyway, you know you what? You want to go on be, this freaking climb? You Let's guys, do it. You guys might be wondering why we're talking about Everest okay. and stuff like that. Julie, I'll what? let you explain. Uh, before I explain, let's okay. discuss this climbing thing. Climbing? Yeah. It's really, Mananak's really just a uphill walk. Okay, you had me at climb, and now you say uphill climb. Forget it. I'm out. It's uphill walk. I'm out. There's a point where you got to do hands and knees on rocks towards the top. Okay, so oh, yeah. basically we're going to go from not doing much of anything to doing this mountain. When do you want to do this mountain? you want to do it in the winter? No, no, no. It closes. It's a state park. I, I don't think you can go. Park. I don't think you can go up at a certain time. It might be a state. Hmm. I think it's a state park yeah how do you spell this let's look at this monad mount mahu oh here it came up apparently because oh look at that because people know what mount monadnock is around here okay monadnock state park new hampshire welcome Mm -hmm. let's see how long 
Isn't it beautiful? Look at the pictures. Sorry, you guys can't see it. But, okay. Let's yeah. go to this. Oh, that's pretty, I guess. That's gorgeous up there. You're going to go here? I've been there. I've probably, You've been here. I have sat upon that very no, rock. There's no way you've sat upon this rock. It's not that. You, you know, Dan. It doesn't look that high. Dan. I've been there like four times. Okay. So Dan is not a fan of heights. Uh-uh. And you're telling me you went here? Yes. Okay. So good thing you didn't have Instagram back in high school. Why a good thing? There's probably a picture of me somewhere in somebody's there, okay. album from if you, youth group in high school. I think you need to put this on Facebook. You need to say, hey, Does if any- you were in my youth group and you have a picture of me in this mountain, my wife wants proof. I was. Mm. Oh, okay. look, it's going to close. You can on- ask Jeff and and Julie Utz. Oh, my God. Because I was there when they had to carry Julie off of the mountain because she had an asthma attack up there. Mm. Oh, well, you want your asthmatic wife named Julie to also go up this mountain? Well, she... she <laughs> just, just saying. She had horrible asthma. Yeah, like, I don't have yeah. horrible asthma. Yeah. And I carry my inhaler. Oh, no. But, no, she had an asthma attack. Oh, oh she sprained her ankle. That's oh. why we had, oh, had to carry her. really? Sprained my ankle? Oh, That's you my will. calling you card, might too. You sprain your ankle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, you can camp here. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. Hmm. Hmm. Anyhow. Anyway. Back to <laughs> another conversation. Um, so, Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Do We're you just want, having a conversation. So you're telling hashtag me, Dan and Julie conversation. Hashtag Dan and Julie conversation. Dan, so you want to climb this mountain. Are you going back in the Camino de Santiago with me? I could. I would love I to. I could is not an answer because I, I am taking a trip the Camino in with you once May. Again. Okay. May. I'm planning a I trip. May. <laughs> he may in May, boys and girls. <laughs> wow. Let's see how this operates. Right. Okay. Anyway. I am planning a trip. Yes. I have several interested parties who are coming with me to Spain, to the Camino de Santiago. Yes. And I'm doing it. Okay. You know, Melissa actually wants us to go in November. By the way, we will get to our guest today. There is did a you guest. Hear me? There's always a guest. And there's always a guest. But did you hear me? Uh, you Melissa, said Melissa wants us to go in November. N- November? Yeah, two weeks from this, this month. Oh, that's like coming up November, this November. Yeah, she wants us to go in Is November. Is she going in November? She's, Regardless? She wants to know. She wants to go with me and would like us to go and finish our pilgrimage. And you, I'm like, really? Melissa, We've November. only done a third. You're not going to finish it. What do you mean you're not going to finish it? In another week? We're not going for a week. We're going to go. We're going to finish. We're going to do however long it takes. Well, you need like two and a half weeks to finish. Two and a half weeks. Well, I'm not in shape, so it might take three. Yeah, but you're not not going in November, I'll tell you that much. Oh, okay. Is that my husband speaking? (laughs) No, that's my body speaking for your husband. I didn't say you get to go in November. Oh, you. Yeah, okay. Right. You know, but in May. Well, we better go for a walk after this recording. Yeah, by the way, I'm proud of you for going with a, for a walk. For two days, you went for a walk. Two days in a row. Yeah. I am making progress, folks. He is making tiny habits. You know what I am? Chonkalunk. Oh, no, that's a dog. <laughs> oh, right to the heart. Right I, to the heart. I say that with the most love. I am Mrs. Chonkalunk. Well, uh, oh. <laughs> 
Well, you don't, don't talk about my wife that way. Oh, okay. So That's my saboteur, am, my judge saboteur. You know, I, you know what I am? What? I am a walker. <gasps> oh, my God, Daniel. That is the best thing I've heard you say all day. I you put are that a walker. I'm I so proud of you. I am so proud of you. Yep. <clears throat> Speaking to ourselves and saying what we want to be. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is the best way to be able to achieve something. I'm so proud of you for saying that you are a walker. And our dog, uh, Junior, Mm -hmm. is a walker, too. Junior is on a quest to lose three pounds Mm. because he should be seven pounds. But right now, he's a little more like 11. He's a little chunky. He's a chunky monkey. He's so cute. Oh, my God. He got a new outfit. Did you see? I did see his outfit. You're turning him into a country dog. He's not a country dog. He looks like a flannel. He's either a country dog or he's a flannel dog. He's either into grunge or chopping wood, one of the two. He's into grunge. He's a grungy. Because did you see his face? He's got long, long <laughs> mustache and everything because his hair is long. He's a little grungy. And for those youth out there, grunge was a music form. Wow. About 20 years ago. I don't think that's our target ago. audience that's, <laughs> that's listening true. to that. That's Explain true. what grunge oh, is, shoot. Dan Collins. My goodness. Um, um, I see enough Nirvana shirts on 17-year-olds. Nowadays, everyone knows what grunge is. Hey, by the way, yes. this morning, I, I've been a very social butterfly in the last weekend. Oh, my God. You're turning into a Boston person. What? You're turning into a New Englander. Why? You said butterfly. I said butterfly? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God, I need to go to New York. You took your <laughs> R away. New York. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Listen. Uh, Friday night, we went out mm-hmm. with friends, we and did. we went to see a movie. I highly recommend it. Hey. Don't go I'm, with people who fall asleep at the movies, hey, though. I went to a movie at 9.45 this p.m. Is, I think in the 10 I years only, we've been married. I only nodded like seven times. In the but 10 years that we've been married, I, I don't think j- I've ever gone to a movie that late with you. I know the gist of the movie, though. Okay, but can I just say also, by the way, we went to the movie and the mm-hmm. high school students were coming out of the movie and oh boy, did I feel old. And oh, those are high schoolers? Yeah. First I thought they were like junior high kids. <laughs> Dan. Wow. They came, they were coming out of the movies and there were two things that they were sporting. One, a lot of them were wearing slippers. I did not I I don't. Uh-huh. I won't go out in slippers. Even if I, you know, I'm turning into the housewife of Vernon, I won't wear slippers right. out. Fine. The Maybe. rest of them were wearing, like, really expensive Nikes. <laughs> but some of them were wearing slippers. Right. And then they had blankets. They brought blankets they to did. the theater. But then my you friend to, Tisa. I guarantee you did that back in the no, day. No, I have You're never. No, first of all, when I went to the movie theaters, mm-hmm. I was dressed to kill because, you know, we were going to walk uh, around the mall afterwards. You were one of them. Yeah, I was one of them. I needed to oh. like dress. I still like listen. I wore makeup to the theater and <laughs> and but then my friend Tisa last night because I was social again and I saw Tisa last night right. and I was saying because her daughter wants uh she wants a pair of shoes and she sends her the picture of these said shoes and Tisa's like those are not shoes those are slippers and then her daughter who is in middle school says no these are what my friends wear to school. Her- and daughter's in middle school? Yeah, she just started middle school. What's middle school to you? Sixth grade. Really? Yeah. I thought she was older than that. No. So Addison, anyway, so Addison sends, and, and, and Tisa's like, these are slippers. No, those are my friends are wearing them. And she shows her pictures of her friends in school wearing slippers. Mm-hmm. And then we question education. People 
you know, if you dress with slippers to school, then your mind is going to be asleep. Just saying. Anyhow, so that's... Well, they're going to get fallen arches. I, but I digress. Uh, I digress because... Oh, by the way, these slippers said slippers... Your, can't be good for your feet. These slippers are $70. What? <laughs> yes. By the way, I like them. I, w- I would like a pair, but I'm going to wear them at home, not No, you're out. not. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not getting seventy dollars slippers for, for Christmas. Zero dollars, you can walk in socks. Oh my god! And talk about <laughs> falling arches then. In, okay. How much walking do you do in the house? And not enough. But here I digress. So I said to mm. Tisa, a lot of these kids had blankets, so they come with slippers and blankets to sleep in the theater. And Tisa says, "You really think they brought the blankets to sleep?" You don't know what was happening in the theater, the dark movie theater with high school students in a blanket? exactly what I was thinking. (gasps) That's what you thought? I I, am like, so... After after I said you never brought a blanket to the theater before... No, I've never... I didn't think it then, but shortly after... Wow. I'm like, oh, yeah, blankets. I was a church-going kid in high school, so those things didn't happen. I was too, and I didn't do... Yeah. Bring blankets to the theater? Okay, Blankets, yeah. Okay, so Mm -hmm. needless to say... That was going on. Then yesterday, um, I was invited to my friend's house, and she had um, a gentleman come and do a wine tasting and a bourbon tasting. It was so much fun. Oh, sorry. You didn't come. I apologize. Huh. Didn't know there was bourbon involved. There was bourbon involved. Well, sorry. And. You, you, you. Oh, my God. You, uh, you know. Didn't get me invited. I I uh-huh. I don't know. I just kind of like she put the invitation out, well, and I. What do you do in the? Hey, ed- Dan, this is I'd an like etiquette you, question. I'd like you to be a little more social, and we have a social event where there's bourbon tasting. I know, but other, I don't know her other, enough. I don't know her enough to say, "Hey, mm. do you mind if I bring my husband?" What would you uh, have done? Was listener? her husband there? Yes. Oh, okay. But what was I going to say? I've never like. Anyway. So, yes, I'm sorry I didn't bring you, but one of the husbands it's that was right. there. It's okay. I yeah. watched Andor. Oh. So, one of the husbands that is there mm-hmm. actually started Oh, there his... were more than one husband there? Yes, there were several. <laughs> I was the only one didn't have... Oh, Tisa didn't have her significant other there. You... But it, listen to me. It, you and Tisa were the only two without... Yeah. So, oh, okay. the... Um, I'm going to mute myself now. Oh, my God, Dan. The husband, one of the husbands started a bourbon company here in Connecticut. I'm just kidding, folks. And you know what the name of the bourbon company is? I loved it. Um, The Man Left Behind? Really? (laughs) (laughs) The name of the bourbon company. I want to know if you appreciate this as much as I appreciate it. Handsome Hot Husband Gets Left Behind? No, 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 no. The name of the bourbon company is 1970-something. 1970-something? <gasps> I'm like, I could cross-promote your bourbon with my book. Huh. How cool is oh, that? Oh, is your book about the 1970s? No, but I talk about 1970-something. Oh, okay. Remember? Oh, in your first book. Got oh, you. Oh, my God. Aunt yes, Dan I Collins. If you haven't, actually, if you haven't read, if you haven't read Julie's book, Confident you, simple habits to live the life you have imagined. You should check it out. It's really good. Check she it had, out. She had some help from lots of people. Lots of great people. 
And my ha- hashtag handsome hot husband helped as well. Uh, but you can get the book confidentyoubook.com. That's mm-hmm. where you can get it. Anyway, um, hey, anyway, yes. You know, we were talking about walking earlier. Yes. Our guest has done a lot of walking. Well, she did Eversting. 29. Everesting. Yes. Everest, question mark. Ing. So here's the thing. Do you have what it takes to go to Everest? A new challenge, an inspiring community, a chance to invest in yourself. Look at this video. It makes me want to do it from watching the video. The The website for this is 29029, which is the altitude of Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. You have 36 hours to climb 29,029 feet the equivalent height of Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. Hike up the mountain, take the gondola down, and repeat. Look at this. People going up. Doesn't that sound like how you want to do it? That's amazing. So you can... Stories from the mountain. Look, and this guy doesn't look like he's like an ultra marathoner. He looks like you and me, regular folk doing this. So we can do this. (laughs) And look, this is the other thing. Regular folk. And she talks about this. Every time you come down and you complete one round... You then get this like wood burner gun, and oh, then you, and you stamp your grid. And you stamp, yeah, you stamp how many oh, that's really times cool. you've gone up. How cool so is where, that? Where, where is this? <clears throat> okay, so this started in the mountain in Vermont, mm. in Snow Basin. Um, in, What's the, no, no, Stratton is Strat Stratton. But now he did it in Snow Basin, which is in, mm-hmm. I guess, Colorado. That's they, already sold out. Oh. It's done because this happened in August. Oh, August. gotcha. And then the, for the first time, they did it in Whistler, Canada, British Columbia. And I have to tell you, I've skied Whistler. Prettier sights you have not seen. If you haven't been to Whistler, you're missing Have you ever walked up Whistler? <laughs> Listen, I tumbled down Whistler. <laughs> <laughs> I was skiing and I actually, okay, so I booked a ski uh, lesson for the day because typically as a skier, I always started my days with a with a lesson because if you haven't skied a lot or if you're clumsy like me, you can always use a lesson. So I go up the gondola to meet my instructor up there and all of a sudden I see Adonis at the top of the mountain and I'm like I was not there. No, you wasn't you. It was another Adonis. This is before <laughs> you and I were married. And I was like <gasps> I just take my breath away. This guy is like mm. Is this my ski instructor? Anyway, so Did you hear the sound she just made? She makes those sounds every morning when she wakes up and sees me. Uh, that's right. So anyways so then i look and i'm like anyhow so the guy was very handsome young man and well i mean he was about my age i was in my 30s back then Mm -hmm. and he anyhow so he's teaching me and then all of a sudden i was like oh my god this is great and i'm going really fast really fast and then all of a sudden I started picking up speed, and then I freaked myself out. And the next thing you know, I tumble forward, and I start rolling down the mountain in kind of like this momentum cartwheeling. My skis are flying out, and the next thing you know, I like fly high in the sky. I'm airborne, and I'm going to land. And surely the first thought that comes from my brain is like, this is how I die. British Columbia, the view is beautiful, not a cloud in the sky, and I'm going to die. And then all of a sudden, plop, I land. And uh, I remember like I'm laying on the floor. I open my eyes 
And I realized that I've landed on a cloud because there was so much freaking snow up there. There was so much mm-hmm. freaking snow. It was so fluffy. I landed on a cloud, so I didn't hurt. Uh, but then, then, and this, then the Adonis comes by in the song, in the he, arms of an angel. Really? No. He, so he like peeps <laughs> over, takes his goggles off, and he's Just like, trying to help oh, and story. he's Australian, by the way. And so he's oh, like, you okay, oh, mate? Really? And then I'm like. And he's Australian. Yeah. And I'm like. Uh, yes, I'm yes. okay. And he has my skis, and he's like, "Oh, let me help you up." Anyway, so yep that that was that. In and your, by the way, there's another your mountain. Accent has made me feel funny inside. Oh my god. Anyway, so I had a great ski lesson. It was wonderful. I had a wonderful time. All I right, appreciated enough about it. the Adonises of your life. Okay, so now, okay, let's not talk about you. Um, but yeah, so Whistler <laughs> um, happened, yes. right? And now, so are is you ready to? Stratton. Are you ready to Everest? They've turned it into a verb. Mm, are you re- that's what they call it, Everesting. Yes, I know. And by the way, um, so I did not think that this was ever something that was for me, and certainly Mount Everest is not for me, especially at one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Well, Everest has its own yeah. has its own dangers but look at this when you when you do everest you are taking your life in your hands so they rent a private mountain and build an all-inclusive participant village Mm -hmm. with bands bonfires food drink a recovery lounge and everything else you need in none of the thin air of mount everest Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyhow so this may be something that i um think about for the future that sounds amazing yeah, there you go. We can do it. Um, all right. So you're going to hear the story of my friend Roseanne, uh, Roxanne, climbing this mountain and putting everything she has into this endeavor. And by the way, people, you don't have to climb Everest or Everesting or Kilimanjaro or the Camino de Santiago, but you can decide every morning how you want to show up. Mm-hmm. in how you are going to conquer the mountains in your life because we all have them. Yep. And it's a matter of creating the space mm-hmm. and also reminding yourself that we're always going to have that judge telling us that we can't do it. Mm-hmm. But if we put on our headset and decide to put one step in front of the other, then we can do it. You know what? Uh, the point I was making earlier mm-hmm. is if you're not something and you want to be that something – Call yourself that something, then become right. that something. That's right. So I am a walker. You are a walker, Dan. Haven't and we're going to be therefore, walking after this. I'm walking. We're going to be walking after this. Yep. So I am super excited to do so. Hey, Julie. Yes, honey. Are you an Everster? Oh, my goodness. Put it uh, out there. I am calling you to task. Oh, my God. <laughs> How about this? Okay, what? Are you a Manad knocker? Oh, my God. I'm an Everster. I'm a Manad knocker. <laughs> that just sounds you, it funny. It sounds funny. That's why I didn't say it, because it sounded funny. But whatever anyway. you want to be, you can be it. And by the way, if you have a dream, it is never not in your reach. Mm. All you have to do is remind yourself that you can do it. Because our dreams are just about creating the simple habits daily and having the consistent action to get to where we want to go. So without further ado. Everesting with Roxanne Gray. 
Hi, everybody. I am super excited for today. This has been the thing that I've been looking forward to most of the week. And I do a lot of really fun stuff, but this has been uh, a really exciting thing. My friend, Roxanne Gray, who I met through, of course, uh, Corinne Crabtree, the No BS woman herself, um, she is a senior director of financial operations for a company. She lives in the Marietta, Georgia area. But more importantly, I want to read to you something that she wrote on LinkedIn. And this is going to give you the context for the conversation. So she said, I'm going to move outside of my comfort zone for this and share something near and dear. Over the past 20 weeks, my husband and I have trained to ascend the equivalent of Everest with only 36 hours to do so. Much like my professional journey, I had to say yes to to an end goal before I knew much about the way to get there. We struggled, pushed each other, carved out time where no time existed, and we are finally here. And this is a little bit that um, happens to so many of us that we say yes, and then it's like, okay, we got to get it done. But more importantly, what an amazing journey. I am so um enthralled by this adventure because many of you know I've done the Camino de Santiago. One of my goals is to eventually go to Kilimanjaro. Everest is that thing that I think it would be nice, but I don't think I could do it. But let's talk about Roxanne's experience and listen to what was this all about? Welcome to the show. Happy to be here. So, so happy to be here and talk about it. I feel like I've talked about this in snippets and snaps to different people, but I've not really sat down and processed all at once. So we get to do this together. We do. We do. And and again, I think that we're going to, ha- well, we're going to add the information on the event and what you did and all your information to the show notes. But tell us about what is Everest. And I mean, I've watched the videos, I've been to the website, but tell us about it. And then tell us about how you decided you were going to do this. It's a kind of cool event that is run by a number of folks. Um, Jesse Itzler, uh, Colin O'Brady being two of the main folks that, that founded this. And um, if you know anything about Jesse, he's an entrepreneur uh, at heart and <laughs> creates all kinds of different things and runs uh, a company called Build Your Life Resume. And I didn't even find it through him. But he's very inspirational of just like see the ring that gets your fire going. Um, Colin O'Brady set the Guinness Book uh, record for crossing Antarctica <laughs> by himself unaided uh, with just a sled of supplies that, you know, strapped to his back. And he was the yeah. first person to ever do it. Um, so these guys are no slouches <laughs> by any means. And it is, it's something that, that caught my eye as, I'm not a runner. Um, I'm not someone to just go out and do a whole bunch of half marathons or mar- I've done a half marathon, but this was something that it is you climb the equivalent of Everest or you attempt uh-huh. climb the equivalent of Everest. They uh first started this in Stratton, Vermont, and they run it out of ski hill, the uh-huh. ski hill in Stratton, Vermont, and calculated that if you climbed it 17 times. That is the equivalent of climbing Everest, 29,029 feet. And um, it's 
gotten traction and they do this event with about 250 people across the U.S. and it happens every fall, late summer. And this year they held events in um, Snow Base in Utah and uh, Whistler, British Columbia, and then Stratton, always Stratton. Mm-hmm. And, and so in all of these different areas, it's a different amount to get to Everest. And it's really more not the fact that you've climbed Everest, but Everest is this this example that so many people talk about is like, what's your Everest? What's the thing? What's that that monumental effort that you're going to go through? And that's what they did. And they made it into what's very popular now with this ultra adventure endurance um, uh, events. It's not a race. It's not like someone gets first place. I get the same red hat if I finish as the person that finished first, as long as I do it in 36 hours. Um, it's like the uh, Leadville 100. Mm-hmm. There's run a hundred miles and you get X amount of time to do it in. That is nothing that I will be doing. Personally. <laughs> <laughs> this is something else that you see a lot of those folks doing. The ultra Ironman folks, the, mm-hmm. the ones that are kind of chasing the adrenaline. Yep. Then you see so many people that are doing it just to prove something to themselves. Mm. It's, for them. it's the, I wanted to show that I could do hard things moment. Yeah. For me, it just looked fun. Um, someone talked about it in my gym and I'd always talked, looked at things like the steer climbing mm-hmm. of endurance events. And I was like, I have strong legs. I can climb stairs. Um, but she mentioned that this Everesting event existed back in 2019. So I started following them on Instagram Mm -hmm. and watching the events happen and getting kind of hooked on the finisher stories and and hearing their story and hearing all of these different people. There wasn't all of these wiry, slim, fit 20-somethings doing it. It Mm -hmm. was all kinds of folks doing it. And you just felt this humanity Mm. of people doing it. And it wasn't even the ones that always finished either. They came to just show that they could do one ascent. They trained for 20 weeks to show that they could do once, not all of them. And everybody had their own definition of what their Everest was. And, and the entire event was all there to support you, no matter what it was that you were defining for yourself. It wasn't the beat on your chest machismo type of thing mm-hmm. it was it was very supportive and everyone there was so sincere and that's what I got hooked on lovely intimidating uh so I said you know I poked my husband when the event came up to sign up in October of last mm-hmm. year so I had to commit last year in October wow that's a long so, commitment right right and and again you have no idea what this training plan looks like you just know that they're going to give you a 20-week training plan okay and it, you know, I, I work out in the mornings and, and I do all the things, but it's different. Absolutely. And uh, so it sells out within a day, usually. No. Yeah. Within a week for most Really? Yeah. So a year in advance, it sells out in a day and people yeah. are going to know that they're going, okay, first of all, I, I mean this in the best of ways because I pushed myself to do things, but you know, you're going to push yourself to go and like be in pain and out of your comfort zone. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. 
and everybody does it. They, you know, it's it's just this. It's only 250 people, 275 people for event. <laughs> so they really, because they want to run a well-run event, like well-supported, right. well-aided, everything is included. <laughs> your lodging, your, uh, you basically just have to get yourself there. And okay. you provide your own equipment, you know, your, your trekking poles and your shoes and all <laughs> of this. They give you a whole list. But everything on that mountain they have trainers on the mountain. They have people that are there to rub you down when you're done with your first um, ascent or your second mm-hmm. ascent or those different ones. And there's always someone, there's so many coaches covering that mountain going, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What are you thinking right now? Like, oh my God. There for you um, that you never feel, you never feel like, wow, they just trekked us out to the middle of nowhere and we're just on our own here. I want to cry just listening to you because I know how incredible it is when you're pushing your body and you're tired. You 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 really are in that like, okay, my mind says I can't, but I'm telling my body to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who are really loving on you. Right. And your support system, that's incredible. Right. And and so many of these people you've just met. And I am I am one of these people I hate being a burden to people. You mm. know, I'm very much that person in the grocery store, I'm like, ooh, I need to make sure my, my cart's out of the way and I don't want to be in someone's way. So brands. common for many of us women, right? Right. And I don't want to I don't like um uh like uh, socializing, like sales events, like just the the getting out there and like go talk to people mm-hmm. and like nobody that you know because I don't I despise insincere conversations. Mm-hmm. Like I I can feel them in my bones and I'm like no no I don't I don't like this and so I didn't get any of that I didn't get that someone was just there and they were planted there and they're checking a box to talk to the person that was coming up next right and that meant so much especially when you're going through the night mm-hmm. and, you're there and you're doing it. And, you know, at, wow. you, and the 20 weeks of training, I mean, I, at first it was just like, okay, they give you a training plan and it's four different tiers. And mm-hmm. they say, coming into this, like couch to mountain program, do tier one. If you wow. are the person and this is your time and you want to just do this for your best time ever do tier four and then they have varying degrees in between um oh i am the couch to mountain right right (laughs) assure you they're like we have people that finish this event that have done tier one wow that finish this event that do tier four but you you can finish the event is what they want to get across Mm -hmm. to you um and the tier four is burly. Um, I was not a tier four. I did not have that amount of time in my day um, <laughs> that early on. You know, okay. I, uh, in the beginning, I was in tier three. Mm-hmm. And because I, that's where I just felt like I naturally moved into after moving out of my normal. Right. Workout. And then it jumped to a lot more time being spent like two hours a morning kind of thing really early on in the summer and I couldn't spend that time. I have three little kids. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have all the things I worked as an election worker and there was just so much going on in my life that I was like, I'm going to drop into tier two and I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And tier two ended up ramping two more time, but it was just at a time that I could consume it. 
Right. So, right. So I'm going to be okay with this. Um, and I kept doing it, kept carving out the time, kept just figuring out the times that I could, because I didn't want to get to that mountain. I didn't want to spend the money on doing this and go, did I do everything possible to do this? Or did I, did I quietly sabotage myself? Oh my God, that's me. I quietly sabotage myself. You know, when I did the Camino the first year, well, and you know, from the, from the triathlon too, from the tr- she tries, I, I was like, did I do everything I needed to? <laughs> right. right. And, I, and I said, I would, I cannot imagine being on that mountain and yeah. having it regret. No, for sure. It, this became something more than, this looks fun. Let's do this together, honey. Right. And that's what it was. You know, hey, it's our 15-year wedding anniversary a month after. We never go anywhere together. We never do anything. We're not one of those people that just goes and goes sit on beach. Mm-hmm. So let's go do this together. That's incredible. I, I drag them along. And uh, that's what it started as. Mm-hmm. And but then as you put in week after week after week of this, it's like, I really signed up for a thing. And I'm actually doing a thing. And I've never done that dedicated of time to anything. Right. Uh, and and I, I likened it to when we showed up, or like even that whole week leading up to it. The moment just before I had um, my my first son, natural, and mm-hmm. I picked natural childbirth and all the things, and I went, oh God, I actually have to do this now. Like, <laughs> <I had> that, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I'm just going to come out on the other side no matter what happens. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Absolutely terrified um, what was going to happen. I was like, I will birth this mountain. Um, and that That's was- awesome. And they, they said something to me. They do all of these speeches like the day before. Mm-hmm. They okay. do all these ways and they, they talk about the strategy of the mountain. And that's where things started kind of clicking for me um, on that, that day before. And they said, the words you say out loud are the biggest debt you owe yourself. Oh, that is so good. Right. Oh my God. Say that again. Say that again one more time. Because if you weren't listening and you were just busy doing laundry, pay attention. Say it again, Roxanne. The words you say out loud are the biggest debt you owe yourself. That's amazing. And so many people say, tell tell somebody when you're going to do something. Mm -hmm. Tell somebody. Mm -hmm. But they said it in such a way that I'm like, that's why that means a thing. Yeah. Because it's a debt you have put out there in that ledger that you owe yourself. Mm-hmm. I will finish this mountain. Mm. I will keep doing this. Incredible. It's amazing. And I mean, you, I felt that in my stomach, like that moment. Yeah. You know, there there's something to be said about, and, and this is why, you know, I may not be the fastest. I'm not like our friend Jane, who just finished her Iron Man in Hawaii. But um, I, I love pushing myself into that place where I, and, and I know people are probably, you're crazy, right? But like, I have been in places where I think I can't go one more step. Or lift right. one more thing. Right. But when you prove to yourself that you can do it, there is so much power in that that you can then take with you to the other moments in life 
mm-hmm. where you are not sure where you're going to pull your strength from. Mm-hmm. And that that's just an incredible journey. Um, you So this is 36 hours. Yes. Give us so some logistics, because obviously <laughs> you got to go potty, right? Right. right. <laughs> and um, where do you eat? Where do you sleep? What What happens with that? Right. And so they have, it's like I, I said, it's very well aided. Um, they have a hotel that's right at the bottom of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And you were in Whistler, right? Whistler. Yeah, in Whistler, by the way, if anybody wants to go skiing at an incredible place or wants to just go to an incredible place, no matter what time of year, British Columbia is phenomenal, and I right. highly recommend it. It's beautiful there. Right. The, it's, it's stunning in its beauty. Um, and and I've never been there. I've never even been to Vancouver oh. that we flew into. So beautiful. And this one, but like I said, Stratton was 17 times, mm-hmm. but it's short. Um, so, but short and steep and it only ends up being about 20 miles. Okay. Um, but 17 times. So it's a grind. Mm -hmm. Um, and Whistler is eight times. So you start start at about 2,000, 2,200 feet, um, of, uh, above sea level and you climb the top of Blackcomb Mountain. Um, it's the Black Coma Ascent Trails for anybody that wants to look it up. Um, and they're called Little Burn, Big Burn, and Heartburn. Um, oh my goodness. You're not walking up the ski trails themselves. Mm-hmm. There is a natural trail that's curved out. Um, and so that one is about four miles in length to the top of the mountain. Okay. Point, and it's about 3,900 feet in elevation. And you have to do it eight times. Eight. So eight. Okay. Eight. 17 but it ends up being 31 miles instead of 20 miles oh okay so fun um, wow right right it's funny how that elevation kicks in oh um, for sure for sure i mean elevation's no joke elevation is no joke it's just so it's more time on feet um mile wise so it's less steep for some people mm-hmm. in my mind as I was watching people do it. So they did two events in Whistler and everybody called them Whistler 1 and Whistler 2. It's just the same event run twice. We were in the Whistler 2 group. So I had the advantage of watching Instagram stories the week before and gotcha. watching everybody do it. This was the first time they'd ever done it outside of um, the United States. Mm-hmm. First time they'd ever done Whistler. And um, watching everybody and seeing people really just take the time off the or take the laps off the board pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, not quickly, but like you didn't see a lot of people in this mindset of like, oh my God, I can't do one more. Right. I feel like there's an exhaustion just in numbers. Oh, um, for sure. I have 12 left. I have <clears throat> 12 left. And in your intro, say that I'm, you know, over financial operations. So I'm a little bit of a numbers geek. And something about it was so beautiful to me that one lap, I was over 10% done. <gasps> Ooh, <laughs> that would be incentive to me. Two laps, I'm 25% done. That's awesome. It matter that those two laps are eight miles, but yeah. two laps, I'm 25% done. And in my brain, I was like, I just got to get past the four. Mm-hmm. If I get past the four, there's no way I'm not finishing this. Right, right. That's so good. That's so good. But just because I'm like rolling downhill, we do this. And so you do the ascent. You get up to the top and you gondola back down. Mm-hmm. And all along the way, 
They have an aid station at the bottom, aid station at the top, where they have pickle juice or and uh, oh yes, uh, water and peanut butter and bananas and all the different kinds of like goos. Mm-hmm. I am not a goo fan. Yeah, I'm not a goo fan. Nope. I mean, the jelly beans are okay, but the goo, not so much. Not so much. And um, and then along the mountain itself, we have four more aid stations. So the first aid station on the mountain itself had food and hydration. The second one had hydration. The third one had food and hydration. The fourth one had hydration. And then the top had food and hydration. Had food and hydration. Okay. Right. And then they give you a schedule of like, this is when lunch is going to be. This is when dinner is going to be. So you can jump in. Some people sit down. They just need to get their mind off the mountain. And so they sit down and they get lunch. Or they sit down and get dinner. I kept grabbing to-go boxes and going. Um, we had a, after, so my husband and I had a thing that someone had said on the message boards. It was two, then lunch, two, then dinner, two, then bed, two, <laughs> then bed. Red hat that you get at the top. And so like in our head, we were kind of repeating that mantra to ourselves the whole time I'm sitting there going, I don't think I want to sleep. I don't think I want to, I I can't just go sleep. I want to just get fun, but we'll see how this goes. Right. After lap two. So we did lap one. It took us about two hours and 45 minutes to do it. Okay. Two. And, but there's a ton of people before we all kind of spread out along the mountain. We turned around jumped on the gondola, came back down, jumped right into lap two. Um, my husband and I are still together. He starts struggling. Mm. Like his hips start oh. like to the point where he's like using his hands to lift his legs. Really? Um, and I'm going and and we're I'm stopping and we're going and we're stopping and going and stopping and going. And it's a real struggle for him to get to the top. Mm-hmm. Um we grab lunch. He gets worked on by the trainers. And um, we have a, a long heart-to-heart in the gondola ride down because it's about 20 minutes on the gondola. Right. And he goes, this is not a story of you leaving me. And I will never, ever tell that story that way. Uh, He's like, you have to do your own race and I have to do mine. I love him for that. Oh. Makes me want to cry. That's so good. What, what, I mean, what did that mean? And, and what did you feel and think when he said that? I was torn because this was our thing that we were going to do. Yeah, an tra- anniversary thing. We, we had trained together. We had done eight-hour training days on the mountain together here in Georgia. Like, we had done this side by side. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now suddenly after two laps, we had to split up. Um, I I knew in my head I needed to keep going. I couldn't start <laughs> and stop because I I wanted to finish this. Yeah. If Cosmo was gravely injured, obviously I would stop the race and done the thing. But, of course. Um, but he was like, I'm just going to put in my audiobook. He's like, I got Harry Potter. I'm going to put it on in. And he's like, you put in your audiobook and you go do it. You go do a thing. Mm. And so I stuck in my audiobook in my ears and because that by that point in time people are pretty spread out on the mountains. Yeah. What were you listening to? Amazing book. Um it was uh The Only Plane in the Sky. Ooh. And it was the audio history of 9 11 
Oh my God. That's incredible. I love that. So good. Oh my God. That's so good. And it's long. Yeah. And it's all different voices of all different people that they've collected. Oh, I am so getting that on Audible right now. (laughs) You have to get it on Audible. Yeah. It comes off the page. I couldn't imagine just trying to like read people's names and then getting the way that it's told. But the way with the voices, it's so good. Oh, my God. From all perspectives, from people within the government, outside the government, the firefighters that lived when the building came down, like all of them, it was was everything. That's Um, amazing. It's so good and it's so well done and it's a tribute and it's just, it's not some, you I love know, that. expose all the ways that things failed or anything like that. It was just people's stories. Yeah. I just stuck that in my ear and um, just kept on keeping on up the hill. Yeah. So I did, I did lap three, um, got up, turned around, came around for lap four. Um, by that point in time, it's just before evening, before night was falling. Mm-hmm. Um, I got done with four. And I'm starting to feel really queasy. Oh. In the meantime, my husband texts me and he goes, it took him four and a half hours to do that third lap. Yeah. And um, he's like, I think I'm done. He's like, I, he's like, I'm going to be your best cheerleader ever. He's mm-hmm. like, but I think I'm done. It was too painful. Like it was yeah. too painful. Yeah. It's not a, I can't do it. The mountain's hard. It was, he was really hurting. Oh, for and sure. And, and, and I think awful. that, that's how you can honor yourself too. And I, and I want our listeners to really pay attention to the fact that sometimes we set out to achieve a goal and the win in this is the journey and it's not necessarily getting to that finish line. Right. Because the journey, one, you learn what you can do, you push yourself out of your comfort zone and in your husband's case, you also honor yourself. And there's so many times that we don't stop to honor ourselves enough because we're so afraid of what is this is going to, people are going to think or it defines as us. But ultimately, we have to be okay with our own decisions. And that is such a great lesson, too. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Amazing. I was, um, I, after four, I grab my dinner to go box and I go down into the recovery room and I talked to one of the coaches on the mountain. And I said, I'm getting a lot of pain behind my knee. It's not my knee, but I'm getting pain behind my knee. And they're like, it could be, you know, the top of your calf, bottom of your hamstring. And they said, go, go sit in the Normatech boots. They had tons of chairs and tons of pairs of Normatech boots. Amazing. And those the best things ever. Um, and so I put on the 15 minute cycle on there. I tried to eat something. The food wasn't sitting with me well, and I was getting really queasy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was just, I'd started some of their electrolytes that they'd had at the mm-hmm. event. And, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop that. I would not done those. I'd done my own electrolytes. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything else on this. I'm going to just keep you in my water and I'm going to try and eat what I can, but I was right. nauseous. Um, lap five, I start, it's dark now. Um, and, uh, and you have your trekking poles, right? Trekking poles the whole time. Those are key. Um, Those trekking poles are like the best invention ever. 
And I mean, this trail is so steep and there's stairs through a lot of this trail Ooh. because it's so steep. There's switchback stairs and mm-hmm. different things. And so I changed my gear into something warmer. You're getting sweaty, but yep. at the top it's 40 degrees. And so you have to quick put on something warm. So I have my coat tied around my waist mm-hmm. and I just have wicking stuff on right. um, throughout. And so I start on my fifth. It's late, but um, you know, normal, it's, it's fine. No problem. It's after dinner. And it doesn't matter that I'm on East Coast time still. I'm <laughs> not acknowledging that at that point. In time. Right, right. I talked to my sons. They were going to bed at the end of lap four. Okay. And they were amazing. One, I had service on the mountain. Great. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) They were, um, my oldest and my my youngest were so chipper. And they're like, you're going to finish. We'll talk to you in the morning. Oh, my God. Bye. Like, there's nothing. And it wasn't like I was saying, I don't know if I can, but they just... Mm -hmm. They just put that out into the universe some more. And I was just like, I love you guys. I just needed to talk to them for a second. Um, <laughs> they're the reason why I do it. Yeah. Um, mobility, mobility is life. They asked me that on the mountain. They're like, why do you do this? I'm like, it's the ones I just talked to right now. Mm-hmm. I cannot, I cannot fathom not being able to pick up something yeah. at 75 years old or 80 years. Mobility is life. Yeah. Um, and I, my New Year's resolution this last year was to stretch more. Yeah. Um, Love it. That's, that's it. I, I'm not going to shame myself into doing anything else other than to just improve my well being. Mm. And that's what I needed to do is stretch more. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Do stretching all the time. Stretching is fantastic. I have to say it, it really is. It's something so underrated, but, and people, you know what it is too, is I think that, mm-hmm. and I love that that was your new year's resolution because a lot of people think, oh, that's not enough. I need to do more, but sometimes there's such grace in that. And if you go above that and do more, that's a bonus. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So and good. So I started five. Um, it's dark. Uh, I keep branding the board. So that's a big thing that they do. And that's really motivational. Mm-hmm. Um, I see where they do it. Giant sheets of plywood with your name on it. And they have these uh, branding guns um, or Ooh. devices. And, and, and you like, they have it. They're all warm. And you just, every time you finish a lap, you come on down and you brand the board. Wow. And the symbol of Everesting uh, for every single ascent. And there's somebody there at the bottom. Her name is Colleen Rue. And she is, they call her the voice of the mountain. And she is the most warm, loving person. And she gives everyone a hug. Everyone oh. a hug um, at the bottom. And they're the most just, you can do it. Of course. Good job. You know, keep on, keep on. Um, and so I start off on five. I call my dad. I think up near the top of five midway on five. Um, and in my brain, it was on five just before I talked to him. I think I was about halfway done. Um, the trek between aid station two and aid station three was one that was so long. It was so long. dreaded it. Um, and it was one of those things that I, I, I was getting out of my own head and I was making myself miserable thinking of all the things next that I didn't like. It was 
not that I couldn't do it or I wasn't going to finish it, but I was, I was setting my own intentions in a way that was affecting everything. And so in the middle of the night, in the dark, I just, I, I, I go, stop. I sing it out loud. I go, stop. I pause my thing and I'm like, you will not do it this way. You cannot do it this way. You cannot keep thinking of it in a way that's awful. You cannot keep thinking of it in a way that takes your focus away from it. Um, and you have to change. You're going to do this no matter what. So how are you going to feel during it? And so that was what I made. I said, okay, how am I going to think about this? And I'm like, I'm going to think about this as in, I love to see putting this in. I love seeing this in my rear view mirror. I'm not going to fake it. It's not my favorite. But I love seeing this in my rear view mirror. And so like, I would start that as two and three and I would go, hello, two, you know, like I'm here. This is it. And I'm putting you in my rear view mirror. This whole concept of putting it in the rear view mirror and, and, and asking yourself how you were going to feel. I think that this is something that, you know, many people don't leverage a, as a tool. How, how did you decide that this was your strategy? There was something that they said, again, in that, that preview uh, the night before. And they said, and at the time it didn't, like it sounded cute, but I didn't <laughs> put it in, I didn't put it in a real context. And they said, be where your feet are. Mm. And that's when I said, and it was right then that I'm like, I'm not where my feet are right now. Yeah. I am, I am 20 steps ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at that one set of stairs that I hate. I'm at, yeah. I have four more to go. I'm at all of these other things instead of right here, right now. Again, I've chosen to do this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Me do this. Yeah. And so what am I going to do with it right now? Yeah. And that's, that's a good analogy for life. And, and I have to tell you, for me, that's my biggest problem at times, especially when I'm hiking. I, I don't like going uphill. I like it downhill, but I don't. And the thing that has saved me in moments where I think I don't have another step in me is stop focusing on, mm -hmm. oh, that next tree over there. No, it's just about the next best step and putting one foot in front of the other. And that's that's the process of mindfulness also. It's being present, being mm -hmm. so open to what is happening right now. Because the more that we focus on what's ahead, we're stuck in that gap of life. Right. right. Yeah. And, and and that was that moment that I was like, it's it's slower because you have just you and the headlamp in front yeah. of you and the, the trail markers that are lit. Mm -hmm. but they're, um, they're just little solar lights. And so you're picking your way along. You can't yeah. see anything ahead of you. And you're just focusing really you surprise. There's another no surprise. There's that stump you saw. Um, <laughs> and, and I really was, I was losing, I was spiraling. Mm. Um, and I mean, this is what I even told my team when I came back, I said, this is a lot of things that we can all use here right now. Yeah. For sure. We're going to go through projects. We're going to go through acquisitions. We're going to go through implementations. We're going to come out on the other side. It's yeah. going to end. It's not like the company is yeah. going to go, that was a bad idea. We're going to stop this $90 million 
project. (laughs) No, but how are we going to feel during it? Mm, Yeah. And what are we going to do to make sure that we feel intentional, that we feel like we're doing our best work, that we feel like we are mitigating our risks, (laughs) that we're doing all the things to set us up for success at the very end so that we know that we did what we could. What an incredible lesson. This is going to be one of my favorite episodes, I have to tell you, because everything, it's like such gold. And and no matter where you are, whether you have a business or a career or your stay-at-home mom, I think that these are all these very key things that could make such an impact for us if we really capture these lessons. And and you need to favor this episode, people. You need to make sure that you come back to it and that you you listen again because we all have our mountains. We all have the thing. And we are, like you said, going to come out on the other side. It's just how you choose to show up through the process of it. Right. And it's not going to be roses. Like I was still... I was still fighting that queasiness, that nausea. And, and then I stopped eating. Mm-hmm. And you can't stop eating when you're burning all of those calories. Right, and so of course. Like, I was fighting against myself. I was drinking the water, but I wasn't feeling great. And I talked to my dad and I'm like, I can get done right now yeah. or and go to sleep. And then I have three of them in front of me. Yeah. In front of me at three hours each. I'm like, that's nine hours. I would have to really... I'd. I have to be hustling. It's not like I couldn't do it, but right. I put myself in a place where I don't know if I really want to go to sleep and wake up and have three in front of me. Yeah. I said, it's going to be a game time decision. So I talked to my dad a little bit and he just, he's great because it was just some chitter chatter. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything motivational. It was just talking to me and pressing right. the, um, and I get done with five. I go sit in those Norma tech boots again. And I talked to, um, I ran into a woman, met her right there, and she had just finished five. And she's in the boots. And we both kind of doze for about 20 minutes mm-hmm. in these reclining camp chairs in the boots. And we both <laughs> say, okay, what do we want to do? What, what are our next steps? How are we going to feel? And we just talk it through with each other. And for her, her choice was to go to back to a hotel room, go take a shower, come back fresh. And I was like, I really think, I said, I'm telling, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do to feel the best, even if it means I'm going to come back down. And it's, it's one in the morning. Right. So I know that I'm going to be done at four in the morning um, if I do another three hours. So be <laughs> it. So it is what it is. <laughs> and so I come down the mountain and I brand the board and I start on up for number six. And in my head, eight, eight is a victory lap. That's what they told you the day before. They're like, it's a victory lap. That's, it, you don't even think about eight because eight, they give you a red bib and you're kind of dancing your way up the mountain. Ooh. And you're like, I ain't done. You know, yeah. it's just on it. Everyone's high-fiving you. So it's a, I don't even think about eight, but I got to get through six. And so oh my goodness. I just start, um, and I go into it with the mentality of the rearview mirror. I'm like, I'm just going to put six in my rearview. This is what six is. Six is fine. I yeah. am fine. Like, I take the time and I look up at the stars. Like, it's just, it's stunningly beautiful. Mm. Quiet on this mountain. Um, And I get done with six. And I go on up to that lodge. And 
I grabbed like a, a roll up sandwich that they had there at the aid tent and I sit in the chair and I, um, I feel, I try and go to sleep in the chair just for a minute and the whole world bottoms out. Like I feel so queasy, oh. so, like where you feel the blood leave your face. Okay. I, I rip the boots off and I stand up and I like put my head between my legs and I'm like, I'm going to be the person that yaks in the recovery lounge and everyone's going to smell it. That's going to oh be girl for Michigan. <laughs> you know, like, that was her. Um, and I was like, okay, just make it to the bathroom. So I run to the bathroom. I'm fine. Like I don't end mm-hmm. up getting it, but I text David and he's awake. And he's like, you got this. This is exhaustion. Right. You have to sleep. Mm. He's like, only have two left. You only have two. Yeah. Sleep. Eat what you can right there. Mm -hmm. Sleep. Calm down for breakfast. Breakfast will be served. Restart. Get the breakfast. And I was like, okay. And so I'm like, I'm going to set my alarm for an hour. And so I set my alarm for an hour. I immediately fall asleep, deep mm. sleep in a camp chair. Yeah. Um, and I wake up, I start feeling a little bit better. He calls me like a moment after my alarm goes off. And he's like, you coming down to me? And I'm like, I'm coming down. And I text all my, fr- I have a, a text thread of about 10 people that I keep giving updates to. And they're all awake because it's East Coast time. Right. And, and, you know, by that point in time, it's like 10 in the morning for them or it's, 6.30 or so for me and I'm coming down the gondola and I send them pictures and I'm like, this is it. Like I get to start seven and seven is going to feel so good because that's when they go to get my, they send my red bib to get printed with my name. Oh, I love it. I love that. Seven is my own victory lap because right. I know it's waiting for me on the <laughs> other side. Right, right. right. And that's what I'm going to picture. So I go, I eat, like all the coaches are asking, they're like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What number are you on? I'm like, I'm on seven. And they're like, this is great. You have all day, you know, you have all day to get done. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, short of me falling off that mountain, that was was, was what's going to happen. I get my coffee, I eat real food, and I'm dancing up to that start line. Oh my goodness. And I'm ready. And, and that's what Colleen said to me. She was like, that red bib, I'm going to put that order in as soon as you walk away from me. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful way to go. And it was, it's, oh God, it was so good. Like the sun was out. I could see my path. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all kind of metaphorical at this point. Yeah, it's metaphorical for sure. <laughs> the path is lit now. Right. So instead of being in the dark for the last two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all very poetic. And uh, I didn't even realize the time I was making. And I'm like updating my friends and I'm texting them and I'm like, we're doing this. We are, we're here. We're going. And I'm like high-fiving people. I'm like, I got one to go. Um, and I get done and my, my daylight ones have been taking about two hours and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. My night times were like 3.15. Okay. That one, that one took me 2.20. Oh, I know. I have no idea how I flew up that mountain, but I flew up that mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt so good. And I felt just lit from within. Yeah. Because I knew what was ahead of me. And it was that last one. It was that victory lap. And it was, 
that feeling coming down and branding that board and she put on that bib and David took video and I was just like, I did it. Oh my like, God. That was my moment. Not, not when I crossed the finish line. Cause I knew I was going to climb that mountain. Right. Right. But it was like her giving me that red bib. Yeah. And putting it on, And I was, it got there. Like I, that 20 weeks, that signing up, that crazy idea I had. Leg, I'm on that last leg. I did a thing. I trained for a thing, and I did a thing. Yeah. And I had never delivered like that. Mm. that, I I've done a lot of things for myself. I've come to a much healthier place in my mind and my eating and just my health. And I don't beat up on myself anymore. And I don't do a lot of those things. Like I have a much healthier. I haven't weighed myself in four years, kind of thing. I love that. I don't care about that. Yeah. But this was, I, it was, it was a start and an end. And I, her putting that on, I was like, I did that. Mm. I did that. And I fought through it. And I had these wonderful women cheering me on along the way on my thread. I had my husband like, what else do you need from your go bag? Like all the things to, to do it. And he was just, he was like, I will see you at the top of that mountain. Oh, that eighth lap was much slower than seven. Right. Wait, wait, wait. And I think in that mental moment of your brain knew that it was over, almost over. Right. It was like halfway up eight that it was like, you're not doing this again. Like, there's no more steps after this, right? Right, Roxanne? Like, you're right, going to be right. done. Um, but it was so good. Like all all the aid stations, all the volunteers, they like <sighs> turn up all the music, and they just love seeing the red bibs come through. Yeah, and and I come up to the top, and now Colleen has moved herself to the top of the mountain because now it's like let's see all the final ascensions, and she and all these volunteers, they're starting to recognize names and everything, and someone's just like, "How do you feel?" He's like, oh. I "Feel really good." to see you coming up this top, like of this area. And like, it's that connection that yep. you have people cheering for you and genuinely being happy for you. Mm-hmm. It's really nice to do something for yourself. And I don't get more out of it just because someone said I did a good job, but it's the connection end of things. Yeah. Well, we, we love connection with other humans. And when somebody else is recognized, somebody else recognizes that moment that we have conquered, that we have pushed, that we have done something outside of ourselves, it, it's it's sort of like that. Um, um, that you know, when you when you say the word Namaste, it is I recognize the divinity in you. And mm-hmm. when a volunteer is saying "good job" and they're recognizing you, they're recognizing that inner part of you that has gone above and beyond. And oh, so right. beautiful. And I mean, that's again something because I, I had my staff meeting with my team, but it's something that you have to. That means a thing when you say something to someone else and you think it. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, they did a really good job on that report. Well, you know, great for them to do those things. But say it out loud to them. Oh, indeed. We you don't do like, that enough. No, you really don't. No, we don't do no that enough. No expectation, no nothing. Just I recognize the excellence that you put out there. Mm-hmm. 
I recognize the the goodness that you're putting out into the world. Yeah. You know, just that is so good, um, you know, for that connection, even in the work setting or, you know, school mom, mom, or whatever it is, you know, just your neighbor. Um, Oh, I know. Right. Just the little things. The little things go a long way. You know, I was in a flight the other day and we, I was coming back from Florida from the retreat that I did with, with Pearl, my client, and there was a woman who, you know, and, and we've all been on these flights, right? Where there's a young woman with a young baby and mm-hmm. they are just going to scream the whole way. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that she was mortified, mortified. Mm-hmm. And I, I it, the flight was delayed. We sat in the airplane. It was raining. Oh my God. It, it was the kind of thing where we finally landed in Hartford and I I was sitting toward the back and I know people were just rushing to get out. And as I I was walking to get my luggage and I've been I haven't been home in like 12 days. And I mm-hmm. saw her out of the corner of my eye and I'm like I need to and I passed her and then I like no, I need to turn around. And I went and I said, "You're doing a great job, mama." You know? And she's mm-hmm. like, "I'm so sorry." I said, "Don't be sorry. This is life. Life mm-hmm. is messy, life is real, and you showing up for your child and comforting them, it's right. the best thing. And I see you. Good job. Give yourself right. credit for that. And I think that we need to take these moments. Right. Because we all need them. Right. Yeah. We really do. And and I mean, there's all those people up there and, and Colleen, she's like, I see that smile coming up. And and that's what they had said in a lot of our coaching calls. They're <laughs> like, people, they're like, we can tell who's going to end up finishing by that evening, by the attitude that they're bringing on the mountain. Mm. And that's what I kept trying to do throughout is remember that. Like what? It's it's dumb because you always hear it. Like even on my, like I'm on the Peloton and they're like, smile. It changes right now. Oh, for sure. Your brain doesn't know the difference. You just get the chemicals. Right. When you're in a job interview. And you're on the phone and they can't see you, smile. Mm-hmm. Like, look at yourself in the mirror and just smile. Yeah. It changes um, everything. You know, when I lived in New York, I used to, and I used to be circling around for a parking spot. I used to say, it only takes one spot, smile. <laughs> and yeah. it would just immediately change the the grind of like, the yeah. you know, I can't believe there's no spots. It just makes the experience so much harder. Then it has to be. So this is such a beautiful experience. I'm so grateful that you've taken the time to come and share this because many people, first of all, maybe never heard of this. And second of all, don't know what is possible. You know, we think of Everest and we think like, oh, I don't know. I could never do that. Now you have me thinking. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Could I do this? Who knows? But stay tuned. I'm going to finish the Camino de Santiago first. That's my goal. Uh, and then I'll move on to Kilimanjaro and then we'll see. Or I don't know. Maybe I need to do this before I do Kilimanjaro. Who knows? But this is much higher than Kilimanjaro. It is. They track the seven summits. Yeah. So throughout the whole race, they give you on the back of your bib, they have the seven summits listed. And so as you do your ascents, they have it equated to each mountain. So Love it. You- Kilimanjaro, they mark off that box yeah. up to it. That's so like, good. Even at the last dinner, they give out medals. 
And so they give out the red hats at the top of the right, mountain. Right. The dinner, after everything is said and done, they give out medals for every ascent earned. So oh. if you earned up to Kilimanjaro, if you earned up to all these other ones, you there's a there's an acknowledgement of the climb that you did. Yeah. It's, there's a whole sea of red hats and that's it. It's amazing. Oh my God. That, that, it, and, and we have to acknowledge every step of the way. You know, when, yes. when you do the Camino de Santiago, the one thing that can kind of keeps you going is one, um, you have a greeting with other pilgrims. You see someone and says, buen camino, you know, good, good road to you, right? Have a good road. And the other one is when you know you're about to get to where you need to for the day. And typically, and, and, and you can walk anywhere between 15 kilometers to 25 kilometers. Some people walk the 30. I cannot say that I walk 30 kilometers in a day. Um, but the one thing that you're looking forward to the most is uh, your glass, of, your bottle of wine and that <laughs> shower that is coming your way. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> what, what was the one thing that you were so happy after you got off the mountain? What did you do first? Lunch was being served because I got done at 1.30. Okay. Um, and so you had until 6 p.m. So I was really proud of myself. I got done at 1.30. So I had, I was like, I did what I wanted to do. I did not yeah. stress myself out. And so, of course, I could have taken it right up till 6. That's awesome. I didn't want to do that to myself. No, no. Um, but they had a taco bar. Ooh. And so I slammed a bunch of tacos. <laughs> that, so nobody blames you for that. That's for now sure. It was finally, now that I was finally not queasy and not all mm -hmm. the things, I was just like, give me all the tacos and then I will take a shower because for all of humanity's sake, I needed one. Yep. Um, after after doing all of that and yep. the shower, yep. I fell asleep in it. <laughs> it felt so good. Incredible. It was absolutely needed yeah. at that point. you know I, I i texted all my friends <sighs> love it they were so good like the whole way up on the eighth lap i kept taking pictures of the kilometer markers and i was like just this much more just this much more just this much more and they're like oh my god we're just over. that's so good <laughs> so you overall had 97,813 steps. You climbed the equivalent of 62,400. Is that floor stairs? Yes. Okay. A total standing hours of 40. You burned 12,799 calories. You got two hours of sleep, 31, 31.2 miles, and the elevation gain was 31,000 feet. Incredible. Mm -hmm. You are incredible, amazing, and talk about going confidently in the direction of your dreams. I yeah, love I it. Keep, I keep that hat in my office now at work, right behind me. Mm. Just a reminder of, you know, the doing the hard things, but it's more than the hard things. It's how did I approach it? How did I prepare yeah. for it? How did I execute it? What an amazing lesson. And I love that. As a mom and as a woman and wife, these are the lessons that then you will continue to carry through your life and share mm -hmm. with those you love. Mm -hmm. Roxanne, mm -hmm. thank you for sharing your story with us and coming on the podcast. Will you come back again when you have your next adventure? 
I would love to. I would love to. Or talk to you when you do yours. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I don't, we have to, I don't know. I got to wrap my mind around this. This is, I was so intrigued by this. I know other people that have done it. And, um, you know, I, I, I know Jesse Itzler. So I, I, I know yeah. this whole yeah. thing. And I'm like, okay, I need to talk to someone that I know. And mm-hmm. I know that this is a great feat. So, Congratulations. I am so proud of you. When I saw you post that you've done it, I was like, yes, I knew she she was going to, but it was another celebration. I appreciate you. And you guys, make sure that you follow Roxanne on Instagram. She's on Facebook as well. I don't know. Connect with her on LinkedIn. Um, Make sure that you come into her universe. She's a very positive, incredible mom. She's in the Georgia area, but she is um, someone that I admire, and I am so grateful for her being here. So, you know, don't forget, go confidently, people. Go and chase that mountain. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Casa de Confidence. We thank you for listening, and if you want more, go to casadeconfidencepod.com. Check Julie out on her socials as Julie DeLuca Collins. And you can also check out her website at goconfidentlycoaching.com. Have a great week, and don't forget, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Hi, everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey. And I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all. But the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly. Julie's Mastermind.